Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Somebody say glory to God. How many of you are enjoying this session? Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, okay, I'm just going to read the scripture and we're done. So I'll read it from different versions. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The ERV version. Do you have it? If you don't, I have it on my device. Okay. ERV version. Now I'm putting you in God's care. I am depending on the message about his grace to make you strong. That message is able to give you all the blessings that God gives to all his holy people. The TPT version. So now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessing I imparted through the message of his grace, which he provides as a spiritual inheritance given to all his holy people. Now, what God has been emphasizing, the exponential growth will be found in your relationship with the word of God. Write that down. Your exponential growth will be dependent on your relationship with the Word of God. Your relationship with the Word of God will determine your exponential growth. You must understand that the Word of God has got the ability to increase. You must understand that the Word of God always dominates. And I want us just to look at one portion of scripture we are done for today. First Samuel chapter 5 and verse 1. First Samuel chapter 5 and verse 1. We're going to read this portion of scripture together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Like, read together, one, two, go. Okay, so maybe for the sake of clarity, Dagon was a god, and that's the god that the Philistines used to worship. And the Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God used to be. Uh-huh. Uh huh. (laughs) 
Ajá. Okay. <laughs> now here is a scenario. The Philistines go to Israel and they capture the Ark of the Covenant. When they capture the Ark of the Covenant, for them, that's, as far as I was concerned, that was their win. Because if they can capture the God, the presence of God that the Israelites carry, then they know that the Israelites are useless. And so they get the Ark of the Covenant, which is symbolic of the presence of God, and they put it, they put the Ark of the Covenant in a temple of their God called Dagon. Dagon used to look like a fish. So they put in the temple of their God called God Dagon, they go to bed. When they come back, they found Dagon had fallen. They put it back again. By the, they, when they came back the next day, he was not just falling. His head was out, his arms were cut off, his legs were cut off. Now, when you look at the Ark of the Covenant, you're going to have to look at the tabernacle, right? And we know the important aspects of the tabernacle. There was the gate, there was the altar, the bronze and altar, there was the the liver, the, the water basin. There was the golden lampstand. The table of showbread. And we know that there was the veil. And behind the veil, we know there was the Holy of Holies. And that's where the presence of God was. But something that you'll notice is that when you look at those features, most of them are pointing to the Word of God. The basin of water, isn't that the Word of God? Doesn't the Bible say you're clean because of the words I've spoken to you? Then the Bible says, sanctify them by the truth. Thy word is truth. Doesn't the Bible say uh, that they should be washed with the water of his word? Ephesians 5.26. Have you noticed there is a table of showbread? The table of showbread, then the Bible say, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Didn't Jesus say, I am the bread of life? Have you observed that there is the light? And we know that the entrance of God's word brings light. What am I trying to say? Most of those things were pointing towards the word of God. Now, if the Ark of the Covenant, which to access it in those days, the procedure points towards the work of God. If that Ark of the Covenant was put in a temple which wasn't even his, that temple didn't belong to Technically, it was Dagon's temple. The Ark of the Covenant is put in somebody else's temple. They couldn't stay at the same level. God doesn't allow himself to be at the same level as anyone. The first day he said, I'll be lenient. You'll just fall down. Then they put him back up again. The next day he said, destroy him. Why? Because God always dominates. God always prevails. Now, I've said all that to build you up to something. I've said all this to build you up to something. Acts 19, verse 20. 
Can you imagine a temple which is not even his, but he refused to be at the same level? How much more in his temple? And don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The Bible says, so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now, this happened in a city. Tell me, what would happen to an individual if we are to open up that individual and we are to check and our report is the word of God has grown mightily? If the word of God grows mightily in that individual, the word of God always prevails. That's the way it is. The word of God always prevails. So here is person A. Person A was born sick. Person A was born with an incurable disease. Or they got it anyway. Just generally they've got they've got a, they've got a, they've got a, they've got a bad disease. That disease, for a long time, thought that was its temple. It seems it needs to be educated that that body is a temple of the Spirit of God. Then, that same person A decides to go on a spiritual prescription of the Word of God intake. And they start taking in the word of God in them. And then the word of God starts growing inside of them. Remember the teaching on the seed. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It may start as the smallest seed. It grows into the mightiest tree. It's always about, it's always the greatest. It's always the biggest. And then that word of God starts growing. That word of God starts growing. And it looks. And there is a sickness trying to share its temple. Oh, I can tell you the word of God is the presence of God. The word of God. The word of God is more jealous. Someone may wonder, am I confusing the word of God and the presence of God? Eventually, when you get to study the word of God, you get to realize that the word of God is also the presence of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I can tell you the presence of God is jealous. If Dagon was just a statue in his own temple, how much more? What do you think the word of God is going to do to that HIV virus? It won't. I'm telling you, by the time the word of God is finished with it, all the word of God is more jealous than white blood cells. Here is a person. They've grown up negative about themselves. They think they're the worst. They think they're the ugliest. They think they're a failure. Everything around them points towards them being that. Then the word of God starts growing mightily in them. What do you think the word of God is going to do to that thought pattern? The word of God always becomes the dominant force. I'm telling you, what, what, what we're going to start experiencing there are people here who you've thought you can never get rid of that mindset. You can never get rid of that sadness. You can never get rid of that mentality. You can never get rid of that bad luck. 
You can never get rid of any of those things. But I'm telling you, once the word of God grows in you, the word of God always prevails. That's why when you study the scriptures on spiritual warfare, all of them point towards the word. Do you know that? They all point towards the word. The first one is the belt of truth. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The sword of the spirit, what is that? The word of God. The shield of faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The helmet of salvation. How shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How does salvation come? It's by the word of God. The breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed. We're in the gospel. The feet girded with what? Preparation of the gospel of peace. All of it is found in the word of God. There are so many people, the reason why they're not victorious in spiritual warfare is because instead of searching the scriptures, they keep searching the internet for, for bombastic words. They think as long as you use big words, the spiritual realm gets it. No, no, no. The spiritual realm will listen to what made it in the first place. I'm telling you, by the time we're done with you this year, <laughs> you'll be so defied. The word of God is becoming flesh in your life. You shall never be that kind of person whose declarations are far from their manifestations. I speak over you that your manifestations are at par and even higher than your declarations in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What am I trying to say? When the word of God becomes the... Keep keep taking it in. Keep taking it in. Let it grow. Let it grow within you. Let it spring up as a mustard, like, like a mighty tree. Let it no longer remain a seed. Let it become a mighty tree in you. What it's going to do is that every dominant thought pattern is going to challenge. When your blood is telling you, no, you are this, you've, you've had an intake of the word of God. It keeps saying, by stripes, by stripes, by stripes. Before you know it, there's a fight, and the word of God always wins. God is calling for people to be hungry and thirsty for his word. He's calling for people to go on a serious word of God diet. There is more we've not seen. And I can tell you, when I meet most believers, I can tell you, I've met people with demonic problems, yes, but the biggest problems I've met people with are ignorance problems. Most people have knowledge problems. Knowledge problems. And I'll tell you something. If there's an area a lot of people are lazy in, it's the word of God. Lazy. As in no other way. Just lazy when it comes to God's word. Many people are so lazy in the word of God. And the problem with being lazy in the word is that there are certain realms of God you never access. Let me, let me put it like this. Let me, let, me, let me say it in a way that might disturb you. There are certain prayers God will never hear. Sounds a little disturbing, eh? Can I show you from the scriptures? Proverbs 1 verse 28. 
those who have been around me a lot the past one week. Let's start from verse 26. Those who have been around me a lot for the past uh, 25, 24, just for 23 maybe. The one which says wisdom is in the streets, something like that. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. So everything that you're going to see now is wisdom talking. So now look at what happens in verse 28. Oh, let's start from verse 21. This is wisdom crying out, and wisdom is crying at the gates. Have you noticed right now, we've entered from one year to another. I don't know if you know, but that's a gate. So as you're entering now, here's what wisdom is saying. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gates. In the city, she speaks her words. What does she say? Next verse. How long, you simple ones, would you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Let's wait there. Imagine, he says, how long will you delight in simplicity? As in there are people who've just decided to just stay at a certain level. They just don't want to grow. They're not interested in being overly spiritual. They're okay with just being okay spiritually, being able to give one or two one-minute prayers. And you know, they come to church and they have a holy face when the pastor is preaching. And afterwards, they can go back. There are people who are so comfortable. As in, they've just got like a nice space called a spiritual life. Some are not even worldly, but they're just so comfortable just being there. Like they're... I, God! My God! You're telling me you can be listening to me right now. You know the benefits of speaking in tongues. And you're not interested. You've left it for others. Anything that the word of God says is for you, you, you should be hungry for it. How long will you love simplicity? You've heard that believers shall cast out devils. You the sick. It's no wonder people backslide sometimes. They're bored. They don't know the real Christianity. There's someone who really touched my heart. I don't know if they are here, but I won't mention their name. But they came to see me, and all their life they've been brought up in Islam. But they wanted to try out uh, Christianity, they thought. So they had visited somewhere, and then somebody came and told them, if you want to know the real Christian experience, there's a man called Apostle Frederick Kalulam. I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, I've realized that if you're not on fire for the Lord, the spiritual experience can get a bit boring. You have nothing to do. Like, what's there to do? I don't know about you, but I don't know a life without being on fire for Christ. No wonder people bombard themselves every week at a kitchen party, every week that <sighs> batting themselves with all sorts of things. Like you are never busy. Every, every event, you're available. <sighs> My God. Do you know the joy? 
Do you know the joy of leading a soul to Christ? Hey! The joy of seeing someone's life change because you've taught them the word. The joy. My God. How long will people love simplicity? How long will they want to remain at baby level? How long will we want to remain in realms that are far from the truth? How long? How long? How long? Since the year 2012, you've been dealing with the same order. How long would you love simplicity? When would you gather up your knowledge of the blessing? You know A to Z. You know things I don't know. <laughs> things I've never heard of concerning all manners of ancestral spirits and all that. Know nothing about the book of Luke. How long, believer, will you only read the book of Psalms? And for that matter, not even understanding it fully because you don't even understand that it's prophetic. But just reading just one or two scriptures that make you feel nice. When would you ever accomplish reading an entire book of the Bible? When would you ever go to Romans to discover the new creation? When would you ever read the Gospels to see you? And when you're reading the Gospels, for how long shall you be the woman with the issue of blood? When would you ever be Jesus? After as he is in heaven, so are you here on earth. How long will you be blind, Bartimaeus? Why are you always blind, Bartimaeus? Whenever I read the Bible, you are blind, Bartimaeus. My God, how long? You can't spend your entire Christian life being blind, Bartimaeus. Oh, Lord. Help me. And this is how long, you simple ones, would you love simplicity? Is there any person here who, like me, is saying, you know what, I want to stretch. I want to, I just want to get to the next level. I, I want to get to new realms. I need to know better. I need to know more. Anyone who's saying, I want to work the next level of miracles. I don't know about you. How long? Let's go on. And he says, turn up my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Now go to verse 28. This is what he says. And this is where a lot of people in, especially even in places like Zambia, this is where a lot of people are. And this is where the trouble comes in. Oh my goodness. I want you to read it for yourself. And tell me if you feel the same hurt I felt when I read it. And the same scaredness. I was scared. One, two, three, go. Proverbs 1, 28. One, two, three, go. Hey. What do you think about that? Don't you think that's scary? Is there any person here who thinks that's a little scary? Imagine God saying, they will call upon me. Like, it's not like they're not calling upon him. They will call upon him. He won't answer. 
seek him diligently he will not they will not find him it's not like they're not seeking it's not like they're not going to church it's not like they're not fasting there are people who fast they are praying they are seeking they are not finding him the reason why is in the next verse one two three go because they hated what i'm telling you there are some people and if it and if you're that person i praise god that after i say this you no longer be that person there are some people who if there's something going on and i'm to give you seven scriptures to read some people will be so lazy to read those seven scriptures but don't mind if i tell you to sow seven seeds they won't mind if i tell you to fast for seven days they can even go a full three hour session praying the wrong things very passionate with the wrong prayer points they hated knowledge the moment you hate knowledge you'll seek god and not find him the realms of god you'll never access without the word of god so how long people will you be simple Imagine somebody's in grade 6 their whole life. Turn to your neighbor and say it's not adorable. Somebody is saying but apostle. Is there any person who's saying I want this? How many of you have heard of the famine that was prophesied about our time? There is a famine that was prophesied. Amos 8 verse 11. Amos 8 verse 11. The Bible says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I will send a famine, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Why do you think when the prophetic move started, people were flocking? It's because there is a famine. People want to hear the words of the Lord. And it's okay. God speaks in diverse ways. I love it when the Lord uses the prophetic. However, I've been a Christian long enough to know that you don't receive prophecies every day. But you can have access to God's word every day. And some of you may be saying, I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you. This one is my word for you now. This is what God is saying to you. You may be wondering, how, how apostle, how will I grow? I've been trying. Be comforted. Be comforted. This is what God is saying. Romans 10 verse 8. One, two, three, go. I'm surprised no one is comforted. Read it again. I don't know. This excites me. One, two, three, go. Can you imagine the word of God is not even far away from you? It's near you. 
I was with, uh, I think I was with Deacon Lastens the other day. I'd gone somewhere on vacation. And so on day one, I was with him. And for me, vacation doesn't mean vacation from the word. And there was a point. Last, he told me there's something that I did. Let me hear it. When I was about to read the word, what do you remember? So I was with him in the hotel room and it was now devotion time. What do you remember? It was more like you were... I don't you know how it happened, but you just started like, Whew, thank you, Lord, for your word. It's like you started thanking God for the word of God. You were looking excited. I was like, eh. And I was about to read the Bible. Now, I knew that about to read the Bible means, oh my goodness, I knew I was going to grow. And do you remember how the presence of God came? Mm. We had a ish. Things that I, I had been seeking God over something. How many of you have read those are in my leadership groups? How many of you have seen the objectives, the aims for next for this year? They all came in a night. I had been seeking God for those things for a while. I just got into the scriptures. All of a sudden, boom, the word of God is near you. My friends, I'm encouraging you this morning. Go for the word. Become a word of God person. Become so worded up. Okay. I've been doing a series called The Importance of a Man of God. And one thing that I will tell you is this. Sometimes lack of understanding of the word just simply means you have not had much interaction with the office of a teacher. You've not had much interaction with the office of a teacher. Uh, so for COL, we are doing a January Book of Proverbs challenge. Okay? Now the Book of Proverbs, I think, has 31 chapters, right? Is it 30 or 31? 31? And January has 31 days. So every day, we each read a chapter of the book of Proverbs. You can be doing your own personal study of the scriptures, but each one is to read a chapter of the book of Proverbs. And in the evening, in the church platforms, preferably, okay, we're not on the Facebook platform. So in the WhatsApp church platforms, each one shares what they learned. That's fine. Can every member clap and say glory to God? And... Each day, I'll also give you divine insights. And then in the month of February, how many of you remember, how many of you participated the time when I did that 21 days where each day I would send a vigil and would do devotion together? So in the month of February, the entire month of February, we're going to do devotion together every evening. So every day, 
me or one of the ministers, there will be a short video clip that will be recorded and it will be sent to you and we'll do devotion together. Because I've learned, uh, if I can teach you how to do personal devotion, then you are good. So, book of Proverbs starting today. Don't just go home and eat chicken and chips. Read the book of Proverbs. Praise the Lord. I want people to grow, my goodness. If I could just impart spiritual growth. If I can just lay hands and say, grow up spiritually. I could. But that one comes by knowledge. A few instructions for this year. First, they come in from me. Make up your mind that you're not missing a single church service this year. Don't miss a Sunday service. Don't miss those, say those who are nearby, don't miss a midweek service. Those who, maybe sometimes it's a circumstance, sometimes it's work or something, when you can't attend, use the podcast channels. The podcasts are even much better than the Facebook. Someone is asking what is a podcast. It's very simple. Go on your apps. Search podcasts. Install it. Search Apostle Frederick Kaluluma. You'll find all our sermons. Start doing that. Do that a lot. Get into the Word. Let the Word of God brainwash you. Let the word of God bombard your mind. As in become a word of God person. Where if we're to cut off your mind, we'll find the word of God there. What does the Bible say? Is it in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16? Look at this. It's an instruction. And it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. This, let this be a year when you say, okay, the word of God dwelt in me richly. What did Jesus say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, let the word of God abide. What does it automatically affect your prayer life? Because it says, you ask whatever you want and shall be given. So during the Sunday services of January, in the first services, we'll focus a lot on the basics. In the second service, I'm now ready to teach on the Word of God. So literally, I'm doing a series on the Word of God. You understand what the Word of God really is. You understand how to study the Word. You understand how to apply the word. You understand how to meditate on the word. You understand how to do the word. You understand how to become the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a place of becoming. The Bible says you are living epistles. All those are things we're going to depths of. And if possible, we'll do a bit of how to have personal devotion with the word. What do you do when you're not understanding something? How do you apply this scripture? How do, you, how do you get Rema from Logos? All those things. Also, during this year, seek God passionately through knowledge. 
Many of us have improved in seeking God passionately through worship. Many of us have improved in seeking God passionately through prayers. But I'm telling you to seek God passionately through knowledge. And here is the mystery of it. It will even improve your prayer life. It will improve your worship life. Jesus said, you worship what you don't know. Can you imagine the people who worship what they don't know? Passionately crying, tears crying, meaning they worship worship. Some people worship a song. They just like the way the song sounds. Passionately seek God through knowledge. During this year, be an opportunist. A serial opportunist. That's something I sense. Be a serial opportunist. The Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you'll find it after many days. I'll go more into details about those. Another thing I'll tell you, anything that the word of God has not said about you, declare it to be a lie. Declare it to be a lie. Refuse. The, the, I'm telling you, what Satan is doing now is that he's trying to mess up with the believer's thinking. Because the moment he messes up your understanding of what the truth is, the moment your belt is loose, where will the sword rest? Where will the shield rest? Because in spiritual warfare, I don't know if you know that in spiritual warfare, the belt is where the shield and the sword rest. So if you are listening to me right now, as we speak, you're listening to me, you've been a believer one year, you've been a believer five years, you still believe you're under a generational curse. When will it finish? What's the formula for it finishing? How will it finish? Who will finish it? What was finished when Jesus said it is finished? Who is order between Jesus and your grandfather? Which order is stronger? Ah, I'm getting passionate. So what if there really is something fighting in your family? How will you fight it when you believe you're under it? How can you fight what you're under? Isn't the first thing to understand the truth which is that you are blessed? Oh my God. That's why you find this. That's why you find some people their hair is even finishing fast. Too many hands have been laid on removing the same thing, which is not coming out. My goodness, as a believer, that which you believe, who told you? Who told you? Where'd they get that knowledge from? And does that knowledge apply to themselves? I was urging the ministers, and by the way, I need a meeting with the newly brought in ministers, the deaconry, all those things. I need a meeting, I need to talk. Do you know one of the things I was urging the ministers? The Apostle Paul said, I delivered to you that which God gave to me. In, and you know what I was telling them? I said, don't lessen the gospel. Give people the same quality of gospel that has worked for you. If you don't have to go through five years of it, why should any other person have to? Then are you preaching the same? Oh my God. I don't know. This burdens me. It, bur it burdens me. I don't know about you, but I refuse to accept a lesser quality gospel than the one Jesus preached. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came 
to deliver the oppressed, to deliver people from their chains. He came to bring good news. He came to bring the oil of joy. He came to bring all those things. Why should I deliver anything less than what Jesus brought? Then is it really the gospel? Or it's a story? Or it's a doctrine that someone heard when they were casting out a demon and gave it attention? Eh. I'm telling you, if there is something I am not playing with this year, it's my belief system. I'm not playing with it. I'm not playing with it. I'm not allowing myself to submit to anything that's not the word of God. Most of these thoughts for me were birthed. I had a training session with pastor and he asked us a question. He said, what is the gospel according to you? I first thought, okay, man, gospel means good news. So, so what's the good news according to me? Then we wrote down and they said, if you can, then he, this is what he said. Can you imagine how your members would be if this is what you preached? I sat down. Okay, I was already seated, but telling you. I'm telling you. That's why we are still in Acts 20 verse 32. It says, I commend you to God and to the word of what? His grace. It's the word of his grace which is able to build you up. Someone may be saying, but apostle, you keep telling me that as a believer, I'm joyful, but every day I'm feeling sad. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. That same word of his grace is able to build you up. Show me the message again. Acts 20 32. Show me the message translation one more time. But Apostle, you keep telling me I'm healed and I have divine health. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Look at this. His gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be. It's that word of his grace that will build you up and it makes you what it talks about. It's, it, it's, it's raw. The, the role of the word of God is to form so that that which is visible is made out of that which is invisible. Let it be known. Let it be known. Just a brief warning. If there is anyone here who is not ready to be told who they are in Christ, in the wrong place. Oh, I'm telling you, if there is anyone here who wants to come here and think I'm going to spend every week telling you to nurse, embrace, and hug your brokenness. You're in the wrong place. I'm going to challenge you to wholeness. I'll push you. Hallelujah. I'm serious. I'll push you towards wholeness. When you're being stubborn, I'll drag you there. Somebody say glory to God. <laughs> if there's anyone here who thinks you'll come one day and I'll tell you about things following your family, you're in the wrong place. Me, you come here and I'll tell you what's been following you from the days of Abraham. Then I'll send you, then I'll send you to go follow those things following your family members and chase them out. <laughs> so in some of these quotes you, you subscribe to, I, I see them sometimes when your status says, hey, marry a man who you can break generational cases together. Are you serious? 
Some of you posted it. I was wondering, what are you talking, what are you talking about? <laughs> Your entire marital life. Somebody say glory to God. By the time we are done with you, you'll be redefined. And I'll tell you something. The word of God is working in your life. The word of God is producing results. I want every eye closed for a minute. Some people's eyes are already closed. There is no difference. Every eye closed for a minute. I've got a question for you as we have entered this new year. Two main questions. My first question for you, my brother and my sister, are you born again? Are you saved? Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Is, is Jesus living in you? I must mention that there is a difference between being religious and being saved. And when you are saved, you can tell. Because salvation is traceable. You can tell, I got saved around this period of time. When you are saved, you can tell even by the, 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 the manner of life that you are living. My friend, if Jesus came back today, would you make it? If the answer is no, or if the answer is I'm not sure, then I'm glad you came today. Because God sent me to you. So that today you can begin to enjoy the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to ask you, if you're in that category, just to raise up your hand. I'll give you a minute. Just raise up your hand if you're saying, Apostle, today I want to be a part of this kingdom. Raise it high. I can see it. Anybody else? I've seen that hand. I've seen that other one as well. For somebody here, it could be your day of restoration. Maybe you fell off the right path. God is still calling you. Raise your hand as well. I see those hands. Anybody else? I see them. I see them. Those who have raised their hands for any of the things I've called for, just stand. Just stand. You've made a wonderful choice. Stand, please. Stand. If anyone wants to join them, you can join them. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. Just come to the altar. Oh, come to come to the altar. The altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was what we. Anyone who wants to join them, you can come. God, I want you to raise your hands, please. Now, whether it's a restoration or you're getting saved now, I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross 
so that I could be free. I give you my life. Save me. For others, restore me. In Jesus' name. Keep your hands lifted.